Um, the elephant in the room with fantasy this week is um, your guy Patrick Mahomes. <sighs> Dude, do you do you want to tell um, everybody what happened? Wow. <laughs> do they? Okay. Well, um, do you want me to give them like the full rundown or just the rundown of the fantasy situation? Oh no, I think they need the full rundown. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, week one of, that I've been on this podcast, I beat Monica at her own game. And mm-hmm. uh, I liked that a lot. And I rubbed it in her face a, a, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I may, A little. We may or may not have I given her a, a poster that... <laughs> Uh, gloated about me about me uh my week one win so we were having a great time with it and um i don't know how this came about but we made a bet on week two um Mm -hmm. this time that and so week two had way higher stakes than yep than uh week one week one i just got to be happy and rub it in her face and week two it actually kind of mattered a bit now and because we disagreed on our uh, two picks this time instead of just one there was potential for a tiebreaker to be there and lo and yep. behold by the way it turns out that we tied so woohoo we had a tiebreaker and that was um that was fantasy and it was a really fun idea that monica came up with that i was a huge fan of at the time not really as big <laughs> of a fan of it now but <laughs> at the time it sounded fun where it was a one week fantasy thing uh, we did super flex, which just basically means it's the exact same as normal. Only in your flex slot, you can also put a quarterback in there. And because mm-hmm. quarterbacks are the highest scoring players of fantasy, you will obviously choose to put a quarterback in that slot. So it's just two quarterback league in, in place of a flex slot. Yep. And it was one week only. And uh, it was only us two, no other people involved. So we could draft like ridiculously broken stacked teams and, uh, <laughs> And it was also an interesting dynamic because because you're only drafting for one week, you're drafting based off of some matchups. So, for instance, my fantasy team, my defense was the Cardinals. My kicker was Matt Prater, and I also drafted Kyler Murray. Why did I do that? Well, because the Cardinals were playing the Texans last week, and the Texans are garbage in literally every single possible way. So I was confident that, A, Kyler Murray would tack like 30 points on the minimum. B, Matt Prater would get lots of kicks because of the fact that Kyler Murray would tack insane uh, points on the Texans defense and three that the Texans would not be able to score any points in the Cardinals because the Cardinals have a really good defense against any team, let alone a terrible offensive team like the Texans. And so that was kind of a consistent dynamic where Monica drafted Matt Stafford and Cooper cup because they were playing the Detroit lions. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that ended up giving her over 70 points. <laughs> so, <laughs> The other part of my game plan involved drafting Chiefs guys because Tyreek Hill is a monster and he is the number two fantasy receiver. So statistically, that's a give me. Give me Tyreek Hill, obviously. And Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback left right now because Josh Allen is on a bye week right now. So I took uh, Patrick Mahomes as well. Well, um, guys, (laughs) if you follow fantasy at all, Patrick Mahomes chose the perfect week to have his first game as an NFL starter with no touchdowns. He played terribly. I have never seen Patrick play like that in my life. I did not know the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Marcus Mariota, banged up uh, Baker Mayfield, 
Um, I can throw out a bajillion mediocre quarterbacks to compare Patrick Mahomes to. He looked bad. He was not Patrick Mahomes. He gave me six points. And Tyreek Hill actually did okay, surprisingly, since the Chiefs didn't get any touchdowns. He still had good yardage, so he gave me like, I don't know, 10 to 14 points or something like that. But uh, yeah, my fantasy team was terrible for what it was. I mean, just to put this into perspective, um, I we both Monica and I both understand that projections are stupid in fantasy football. You should never listen to projections ever. But True. normally projections in fantasy football tend to underpredict what a player will score like they'll give like dalvin cook and and derrick henry like 18 to set to 19 point predictions pretty consistently well we all know that derrick henry doesn't score 19 points consistently he scores more like 30 or 40 so predictions tend to be on the lower side of what your team can actually put up monica's team i think had 169 projected points at the beginning of the week and mine had 171 projected points so some of these players are expected to have insane performances and uh, yeah, my team was terrible this week. Yep. For a team of that caliber, barely putting up over 100 points, I could not believe my eyes. But uh, yeah, uh, Monica destroyed me. She beat me by 40 points before Alvin Kamara played. And I haven't looked at what Alvin Kamara scored, but I think he had a pretty good game. So I think she oh, put up yeah. a lot of points. And my team I was did. terrible. She... And it was mainly because of the Rams. So I hate you, Rams. It was the Rams by themselves scored uh, over half the points that my entire team scored. So that was okay, well, special. Today you're Cooper blaming Cup. it on I the Rams. I played him in two different fantasy leagues. <laughs> today you're blaming it on Cooper the Rams. I played Cooper Cup in two different fantasy leagues. I hate him. If, yeah, but yesterday you blamed it on Mahomes. Oh, well, I'll blame them both. I don't care. I'm going <laughs> throw plenty of blame around. No, I have Mahomes in two fantasy leagues as well. Yeah, that's tough. And he's mm-hmm. well. They didn't say they said he's he questionable this week. Protocol, but yeah, he is questionable. Yeah, that was great news. Um, but he's Kamara had almost thirty-four fantasy points, which I knew because uh. Seattle's run defense is garbage, and I like I knew yeah, that he just... was going to put up a ton of points this week. <laughs> Which is yeah, why well, I Henderson him. was also projected to put up a ton of points because the Lions give up the most points to fantasy court, to fantasy running backs, and he put up like twelve. So what's that about? Because they didn't need to use him; they just passed the ball. Because they gave the it to place. Cooper Cup on literally every play ever. That's why I learned because... something about the about the Rams that I despise and I'm very bitter about, as you can tell, Uh-oh. and that is that Uh-oh. the Rams' entire offense. Is, bi- is built around the prospect of giving Cooper Cup the ball in creative ways on half of the plays. And that's not even an over-exaggeration. They gave it to him on on like Alvin Kamara-type dump-offs. They give him deep passes. They give him slants. They give him out routes where he, where they, he just kind of, where Matt Stafford just kind of throws a fade to the sideline and he catches it over a corner over there. They, I've, I think they may have even handed it off to him directly on a jet sweep of one or two times as well. Like they, they give him so much love and I don't understand why I understand he's an amazing football player and he's had great other seasons, but this is kind of unbelievable. I, I mean like Cooper cup has always been pretty special as a player mm-hmm. on the Rams offense for a while now. I think he's been their number one guy or close to it. But like even Robert Woods was kind of fighting for that number one receiver spot. When fantasy mm-hmm. started this year, you could have asked anybody and nobody would have told you that Cooper Cup is going to be not only the best receiver in fantasy, but the best uh, player in fantasy to this point. So yeah. 
Um, yeah, but you you have to think about it too. Of like, they're they have Matt Stafford now. Like their offense is going to look a little bit different because you have to plan your offense differently for a different quarterback. So obviously, Matt mm-hmm. Stafford and Cooper Cup have some kind of really good on field relationship. That's like, it just works, you know. Um, and I I didn't expect yeah, him to works. be to be doing that well this season either. Um, I really, I think I thought that Robert Woods would win the job, but obviously we know now that's not the case, but I mean, they at at receiver, they have so many options though, because you have Robert Woods and then they added DJX who is still a deep threat um, and is evidently staying healthy this season. And, um, and then they have Van Jefferson I know Um, they have Van Jefferson who has scored a couple touchdowns for them and done some good things on their offense. And then they have Tyler Higby at tight end who also has proven to be a really good receiver. And so it's like, they just have so many options to spread the ball. I just don't know how you plan defensively for that because you just don't know. I don't know. Like you double team Cooper cup and then Robert Woods is going to get the ball. I think it was like two weeks ago. Robert Woods was their lead receiver. I mean, Cooper cup still had a good day. Um, but they just kept giving the ball to Robert Woods because he was open and he was uncovered. And um, I don't know. They just, it, they have so many options on that offense. And if yeah, Cam Akers. Why is Cooper Cup getting the ball every play? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's I happening. It. I hate it so but much. But can you imagine if Cam Akers was healthy? Like, because Daryl Henderson has obviously been playing well, but if Cam Akers yeah. was healthy, then they have two threatening running backs. And um, I was reading really good things about Xavier Jones during preseason, and then he got injured as well. So it's like, how how much more stacked can your offense be? Um, It's kind of amazing. I think Matthew Stafford, one of the main things is that Matthew Stafford has been better than we all predicted he would be. Um, mm-hmm. We thought he'd be pretty good, but he's been really, really good. Um, and it's clear, it's very clear that the lions and not him were the issue with some of his Mm -hmm. performances in recent NFL seasons after he was really struggling. So, um, the talent and the arm, the arm ability is clearly there, but yeah, the Rams are just stacked. It does seem like they're one of those teams that no matter who they put at running back, they will get some good rushes out of them. And maybe, maybe Henderson is really, is, is, uh, maybe he's really special, but, uh, I don't know. I they're just they're so stacked in so many areas that I think they can get away with playing a lot of different guys at running back, and mm-hmm. he'll be he'll be great. So yeah, yeah, they're well, they're a stacked offense. That's for sure. One of the most, if not the most, stacked offenses. I would say. I know. I agree. It's crazy, but um, man, you're mad at Cooper Cup. I'm grateful for him. So. What I are we going to do? Cup, dude. I hate Cooper <laughs> Cup. I... Cooper, thank you. I'm so angry. No. <laughs> thank you very <laughs> much. Uh, well, I don't Cooper. know. I don't know what's in it for this week. Yet to be decided. But should we talk about these games? Let's do it. I'm looking okay. at Cooper Cup's fantasy stuff right now, and I'm still kind of <laughs> upset about it. I need to let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Just put it away. He's had two games over 30 points in the past two weeks. Anyway. Oh my goodness. Um, it's in the past. Yes. I know. 
but it's right. so relevant because I lost a bet because of it and it continues to haunt me to this day. <laughs> Bummer. Bummer. All right. Night football. Um, <laughs> Thursday night football is going to be really interesting because um, it's Packers versus sure. Cardinals, which I thought was going to be a really good game until the news broke that both Devonte Adams and Alan Lazar or Alan Lazard yeah. are on the mm-hmm. COVID reserve list. So, yes. That's uh, what receivers for the Packers are going to be available? We don't know. Um, so, I heard that they're in like heavy COVID protocol lockdown as well. So, there's potentially some more cases to be revealed there as well. And right. it's obviously Thursday night football. So, you don't have much time to get off the COVID protocol list, even if you're vaccinated. So, it's a little bit of a tough situation for them. Right. Yeah. So, um, they're going to Arizona to face the only undefeated team. And man, Aaron Rodgers has got himself an uphill battle on this one. That is for sure. The newly revamped Cardinal offense featuring signature tight end Zach Ertz, who scored Ugh. a touchdown and had an amazing game for his, his first game with the Arizona Cardinals. So it's very clear that even though we're sad, miserable Eagles fans who miss our favorite guy, <laughs> that um, that he fits into that system and probably will yeah. continue to get a bigger role in there as time goes on. Like that was week one. Like we do realize yeah. that that was week one, right? And he already had multiple catches and a touchdown. And that touchdown play was really good. That He looked amazing mm-hmm. on that. I know. Um, I can't remember the last he, time I... That was a lot of yards per catch. It was. It was. Like, when was the last time he had that many yards after a catch when he was an eagle? Probably the year when we won the Super Bowl when he was the best tight end in the league. Probably. Or maybe the year so, after yeah, when he, he broke looked, a record. I don't great. know. He did. He looked really good. Oh, that too. He did have... Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. looked... Um, he, he looked great with the Cardinals. And it's just like... It's one of those things where he's not like their clear number one guy or anything. So they are not, they, there's so many other bigger threats that, that, that they need to cover defensively from the Cardinals offense. So he's bound to get some great looks consistently. Mm-hmm. And um, I also saw a picture where he was literally wearing an Eagles wristband to his first Cardinals practice in Arizona. Oh. So that made me very sad. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, no. so sad. we miss you zach we miss you we love Ugh. you zach i'm so sad about it i'm so sad i what did i tell you i will Hopefully never he wins a super bowl Ugh, i know i'll never not be sad about it i will root for him but i will always yeah. be sad about it yeah you have to root for him right like you have to root for him as an eagles fan there's no doubt there but even if you hate the cardinals you got to root for at least zach Ertz to do something you can root for the cardinals to lose and for zach to have three touchdowns and over 200 yards for sure. Um, and I don't hate the Cardinals or anything. So I'm like, I mean, if the, the Eagles clearly aren't doing anything this year, so I'd love for the Cardinals to win with Zach and for Zach to win his second ring with another team. That'd be so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I am still picking the bills, but it would be cool. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So in this game, um, Packers Cardinals, who you got? Yeah. Well, since Devontae Adams, I'm running with the assumption that Devontae Adams isn't playing. Right. And because of that, I mean, it's hard enough to pick the Packers away at Arizona as is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Phoenix is a big sports city and they're having an amazing season. So you know that arena is going to be in a sane asylum. And, um, and I think that people don't understand how big of an advantage it is when you have a home crowd that's really into the game, especially offensively as an offense, how hard that can be to figure out your cadence and to run plays when there's a lot of crowd noise going on. So, you know, that'll affect, um, they'll, they'll, I mean, Aaron is one of the most seasoned quarterbacks in the league, but even for somebody like him, I mean, Tom Brady has talked about when, uh, on, Monday, on uh, Monday Night Football with Peyton mm-hmm. and Eli, he talked about how mm-hmm. that even gets to him at times. So you know if it gets to Tom, that it gets to everybody. So yeah, um, home field advantage is real, and because Aaron Rodgers didn't have Devontae Adams, I think you have to take the Cardinals. I think it's yeah. really hard to pick against them. Yeah, so I that's agree. Where I'm at there. Can I make a side note too and say that Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli is like one of my favorite things this season? Um, because it is amazing. I love Peyton Manning so much. Um, But to hear their like real life, yes, to hear their real life commentary and to like not listen to some of the annoying commentators that get on my nerves, but to just like hear them talking and chatting and (laughs) like, it's like that you're sitting in the living room with them, like just watching the game. And yeah, um, with like Peyton talking about that silent count and how hard it can be and how like, Mm-hmm. there's so much that goes into it that people don't realize it's like yeah if if these guys who have all won multiple super bowls can talk about how difficult that is it really is a real thing to to be playing in that much noise so i think that you have a really good point exactly. there. um okay yeah. so then yeah. we move on to sunday and um the Bengals are going to new york to face the jets who have just reacquired wow. Joe Flacco from the Eagles. <laughs> nice trade, oh. Eagles. Howie Roseman. Also, Beast. poor Joe. Again. Poor guy. <laughs> I know. Poor Joe. Hey, he's won Super um, Bowls. I don't have much sympathy for him. Well, it's true, but he has to go back to the Jets. So that's a bummer. That's true. That's um, fair. I mean, <laughs> but... it's clear. That it seems like they just kind of want him mainly as – I mean, I think he'll play almost immediately, maybe, since their other guy is really bad. And um, Zach and Wilson hurt. isn't playing right now. Is yeah, yeah, he's hurt. So I think I think pretty much what they the main thing that they want with the Joe Flacco trade, from what I understand, is they probably just want a veteran guy to be able to mentor their young upcoming quarterback in the quarterback room. And it makes sense um, from a you know from that standpoint at least because Joe Flacco mm-hmm. is one; he's been there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's not a bad trade for the Jets just based off of that alone. It's clearly not a bad trade for the Eagles because we're not going to play him. And Gardner Minshew is a better backup anyway. I actually kind of, kind of believe in Gardner Minshew a little bit. So we can have sure, a conversation I mean... about that potentially, but he's not a bad pickup in my opinion. Yeah. He could do um, more than Jalen Hurts potentially could. There's potential there, I guess. Oh, wow. Hot take. <laughs> I just don't believe in Jalen Hurts at all. I don't think he's going to be our long-term guy at all. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I have questions for you about that, but let's wait until we talk about the Eagles. Um, what yeah. I really want to know is, are the Bengals for real? Like, what's going on? Mm. Like statistically, they're so mediocre, but they're winning games that you don't expect them to win. Are they mediocre offensively, statistically? Uh, yeah, except in passing yards. 
Okay. They're I like right know. in the middle of the road. Seem... Like they're just. Uh, they seem way better than they have been in like a recent decade. Um, right. So, well, but like out of nowhere. Decade. I mean, there were some years with Andy Dalton. I know it was kind of, well, on one hand, it's out of nowhere, but at the other end, when do rookie quarterbacks with high upside usually make that big a leap? Usually year two or three. So, I mean, we were expecting right. Joe Burrow to get better from his first year to his second. We were hoping that, I mean, sometimes when quarterbacks tear their knees in half, like, um, like, uh, like he did, like Joe Burrow did, then that can really limit them in the long run. But it doesn't seem to be affecting him very much. He is a pocket passing quarterback, so that plays mm-hmm. to his advantage for sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was he's unbelievable talent wise. So he's their their quarterback of the future is there clearly, and I think fast developing. So I'm excited for them there. Jamar Chase has shed any and all doubts about his potential in the NFL. He looks yep. like the best rookie player by a fairly wide margin and is quickly be- ascending to becoming one of the elite receivers in the game in his rookie season, similar to a Justin Jefferson type of look for him, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe Burrow and his connection is really special. So I think yep. offensively, there's some real optimism to be had as a Bengals fan, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I Defensively, they had... They have. They seem like kind of a middling pack. I'm. You said they're not very impressive. Are they like? Are they bad defensively, or are they more the middle of the um, road? I thought last I checked, they were more middle of the road for defense. Yeah, I think they're part. middle of the road. I don't. I don't think they're bad. Um, I'm trying to pull up their mm-hmm. rankings here. If I can get the website to cooperate with me. Um, defensively, it just seems like. They're figuring something out offensively, it seems like, judging from the last few weeks that I've seen. Like, if you're putting up over 30 points in the on the Ravens, that's really good. Like, really, really good. So, um, um, their division is bad enough that I'm inclined to say they might be for a little bit for real. Like, they're a clear wildcard contender, at least. They'll probably get to the playoffs. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Okay, so this is interesting. Their act, their defense is actually ranked at number five right now. Oh my goodness! That doesn't make any That's sense. Crazy, because it has the Saints' well, defense as number one. Is that the right? Saints' defense is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it says the Saints' is, the Saints' defense has been what's held them together. I mean, Jameis Winston and their offense sure hasn't been anything special. It's true. It's so just Saints- the Camara show. Saints are number one, Bills are number two, and then Cards, Broncos, Bengals. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So their defense is actually doing better than I thought, which is still Mm -hmm. surprising to me. But I don't know. I like the surprise. I'm all about rooting for the underdog. I'll take it. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is their year. I think they'll make the playoffs this year. I'm not sure how far they'll go. I sure. don't feel like this is their year, but I think there's some real potential in the next few years for them to become, I'm not sure about like calling them contenders, but like real solid teams that you can expect to consistently win and or make the playoffs based off mm-hmm. of their young offensive core and the fact that their defense seems to be performing at a high level right now. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of good pieces, so I'm yeah. excited for Bengals fans because you know, you know how it is being a a bungles fan they're kind of notorious <laughs> for being subject to some of the most amazing suffering the nfl has thrown at somebody i mean yeah. just uh, we we saw we saw the packers game 
we saw the mm-hmm. Bengals Packers game. We thought that was we thought that was how their season was going to go, like it always does, where it's just a spectacular failure where nothing goes right and they lose in the most brutal fashion possible. But they seem <laughs> to have something figured out. So I'm happy for I'm happy for the Bengals. Yeah, for sure. Um, so are you taking them over the Jets? Um. Yes. <laughs> Okay. If you really said no, I was going to be there. worried. <laughs> uh, I all right. love the Jets, man. <sighs> no, you don't. Nobody does. <laughs> Unless maybe you, you live in New York. No. Oh, man. Um, okay, if you live in there's... New York, you don't cheer for the Jets. Well, okay. This has always bothered me that so mm-hmm. many New Yorkers are Giants fans. And also, why mm-hmm. are they the New York Giants? Because they play in New Jersey. They're not well, they're not because... even a New York team. Yeah, but I think they they probably play in the area of New Jersey. It's right across the Hudson River from New York City, right? Sure, sure. But they it's still New Jersey. So it's like well, it's closer to them than Buffalo is to New York City, I guess. But sure, but like... Yeah, I know. It is It is weird. It is weird. It's technically not the New York Giants. And yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of... It's one of those things where it seems like New York City can only pick one team to root for. And that's the Knicks in basketball and that's the Giants in football. So yep. they're kind of a one-track mind type of city in terms of sports. And the Giants won them out. And I mean... All their teams, both of their teams suck. So I'm happy about that. Um, And obviously no New York, no true New York City goer will find it, will be able to root for the Buffalo Bills. So they're stuck with the Giants, the Jets, and they're both terrible. Yep. It is a bummer. They sure are. But they got to enjoy Eli Manning's career on the Giants when they were winning Super Bowls and the Bills were absolute bottom of the barrel trash losing to the Patriots every season. So it's now they true. suffer the they suffer the karma. Yeah. And they can at least and I love it. be impressed so. by Josh Allen like the rest of us are. Um <laughs> yeah, so sure so um getting back off the rabbit trail. Um we have I think right. five divisional games this week and the first one is the Steelers versus the Browns um, in Cleveland. Oh, boy. I was so wow. surprised at what the Browns did without their two starting running backs, without um, Baker Mayfield. OBJ was very banged up. Obviously, Jarvis Landry came back. They had a bunch of injuries to their offensive line. I think they had, like, two linemen that were out. And they just like they destroyed the, I, Bron- the Broncos. It the amount of running yards that they continued to get was like unbelievable to me. I just couldn't believe it. And so obviously the Browns are a run first team. And I actually thought that Case Keenum probably would be able to execute the pass a little bit better than Baker Mayfield. I think that he may be a little bit more of an accurate passer. Um, So I wasn't like super worried about that. It was just the fact that they could still run the ball the way that they did. That really surprised me. And I was like, all right, well, the Browns are good even with their backups. All right. What a surprise. So I don't know. I just don't think the Steelers are the team that they have been in the past. And until 
Big Ben retires and um and they find themselves another quarterback who is not Mason Rudolph. It's going to be tough yeah. for them to get back there, you know. Hey, don't forget Dwayne Haskins. Oh yeah, I always do forget about him. Do you do you really <laughs> yeah, think that Dwayne he's Haskins the most forgettable is the answer, person though? ever? <laughs> no, not at all. The kid cannot work to save his life. He doesn't care. It's kind of sad to see, honestly. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I don't I don't believe in Dwayne Haskins at all. I did at first, but I don't anymore. He's shown me enough. Um yeah, I feel like the fact that the Browns were able to win so easily is kind of a really bad sign for Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, just because Case Keenum honestly looked better than him mm-hmm. for multiple games this season, in my opinion. He was great. And that may just be more of a more of a plus to how good Case Keenum still is, or I, but I think it's more of a slight on how good Baker Mayfield is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, their run game is still unbelievable. Cleveland just has something figured out with running the football. You'd be inclined to say it's their offensive line or something, but they run the football like no other team right now. And yeah. they looked still, they still looked pretty good. It was amazing because they have nobody like you, like you mentioned, they're missing so many offensive playmakers, but they still got the job done against the Broncos that we both thought would win. And mm-hmm. that ended up looking really pathetic pretty much right. losing to a second string team in a lot of aspects so right um i yeah i don't know this is a this is a hard one to pick for me just because the steelers seem to be a team that just doesn't they haven't had a losing season since mike tomlin was their head coach in 2007 so they just seem to figure out ways to win games even if Big Ben is a shell of himself and the team isn't near as good as he's had in the past. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we all saw that playoff, that playoff game against the Browns this, this past season. Mm-hmm. That was special. Oh mm-hmm. my word. The Browns destroyed them so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was, <coughs> it was wild. Yep. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, this was not a hard pick for me. I I should not have, well, maybe I shouldn't say I should not have, but I've been such a believer in the Browns for a while now <laughs> that I just should not have picked against them last week. I even had written on my paper, if Case Keenum plays, pick the Browns, and I still picked the Broncos, so shame on me. But, um, but I, yeah, I just think that the Browns have it together more than the Steelers do this season. Like, I... I still think there's a chance that the Browns win their division. And I don't know. Maybe that's a hot take, but yeah. I, the I Bengals took the Bengals and the Ravens? One. Yeah, I think so. I okay. think there's a chance. <clears throat> We've got like 11 hmm. games left. Right? That yeah, you're right. Math? That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, well, no. After this game, we have nine left including this game we have i don't know you know what i i don't know you might be right (laughs) i math has never been a strong suit of mine that's not a secret at all but um i'm really inclined to take the steelers i don't know i'll take the steelers i'll take the steelers i'll take you on 
Okay. I think the Steelers could win. It'll mostly depend, I will say, it'll mostly depend on how effective Najee Harris can be running the football against the Browns' elite running defense because the Browns Mm -hmm. are really good at stopping the run, and the Steelers seem to kind of need Najee Harris to be to be motoring in order to run their offense correctly after big Ben's decline. And Najee Harris has been really, really good. So he's proven that he can still run against some pretty uh, stalwart teams on the running defense. And so I think he can still get some things going and maybe they can run some options where they kind of flip it out to him on the outside. Like uh, the, like the saints were doing with Camara so much yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I think they can find some creative ways to get him involved, even despite the Browns' elite run defense. Mike Tomlin remains one of the best head coaches in all of football, despite his recent issues um, in the playoffs and such. And I think the Steelers want revenge after the Browns embarrassed them in the playoffs. So I'll take the Steelers, I suppose. I also just really want the Browns to lose. Is that wrong of me to want the Browns to lose because you like them so much? I don't know if it's wrong. It's a little mean. <laughs> it's not mean. It's just, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I like, I, I, <laughs> it may be a little mean, but I, it's just, it's just my natural, it's the natural competitor inside of me that wants to, that wants the Browns to fail after they're so excited after their win last week. They're not going to fail. I, I have full right. confidence in the Cleveland Browns. I respect the belief, but their quarterback is still Case Keenum. And I have faith that that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers defense with TJ Watt will be able to figure out how to destroy Case Keenum better than the woeful Broncos could. Yeah, but don't forget about the miracle and or the Minnesota miracle and Case Keenum's role in that one. So don't count him out. Well, that was not Case Keenum. That was Stephon Diggs. Yeah, but Case Keenum threw (laughs) the ball. Yeah, he threw it to the outside, and Stephon Diggs jumped over a corner that probably had the most terrible coverage for a play like that I've ever seen in my entire life, and that was mostly. But you are right. Case Keenum had an amazing season that that uh, that that season as well, and just in general, yep. he looked great. So until he, the he's Eagles got were better, I'll give you that. Until the yeah. Eagles destroyed, that was one of the most <laughs> beautiful weekends of my life. I know it was amazing. I still remember where I was. <laughs> Um, okay, so next div- <laughs> next divisional game is the Titans versus the Colts in Indianapolis. Um, obviously, both teams are coming off of wins. The Titans destroyed the Chiefs, and the Colts edged the 49ers in a gross game in the rain in San Francisco. Um, yeah, yeah. It's that... Let me tell you this about that matchup. It's really hard for me to know what that says about either team because it was just so gross. Like, I'll be honest, I did not watch the whole game. Um, Sundays are hard. But, um, I mean, they couldn't keep the footballs dry. Like, they were everything. Everybody was, like, slipping around. It was just, like... Garoppolo turned the ball over four times. Carson Wentz turned the yeah, ball over. That's what he does. Like I know. Yeah, that's and what then, he does. And then Chris Collinsworth <laughs> defended him because he's no longer an Eagle. Because we know how that goes. Um, and I don't know. Like I just don't. I don't know what that says. Like, does that say the Colts are on an upswing? Does it say that the Niners are on a decline? Does it say anything? Because it was just such a gross game. Like, it's really hard for me to put any weight on that game as far as knowing, like, 
what it tells us about the teams. Personally, it sounds like it sounds like you're defending your assessment that you that you gave your it sounds like you're defending your prediction and trying to minimize my prediction for last week because I literally said that the Colts are on the upside and the Niners are either <laughs> static or on the downside. And that's exactly what happened. The Niners just aren't good. And Jimmy Garoppolo is also not good. And Carson Wentz is not good, but kind of good. He's he's <laughs> trying to pretend he's good if he's not good. And uh, the Colts are seeming to be, they're gradually kind of filling into that role for the team that we thought they would be, where we thought they would definitely have a winning season and maybe even have a decent shot at a at some kind of run at the playoffs. I mean, nobody thought they were going to win or even get to the championship game or anything, but we thought they'd make the playoffs at least and that they'd have a positive record and they seem to be on the upside for sure. I think one thing that people don't really seem to understand is that Jonathan Taylor is kind of a monster. Like he's really, That's really true. good. And he runs the football versus anybody, no matter what your rushing defense is, he'll find a way to run the football for over a hundred yards. And he's explosive, one of the most explosive backs in the NFL right now. He has mm-hmm. extremely fast acceleration, and he's young, and he's fit, and he's athletic, and he's a great back to have. So it's not all on Carson to win games for them. Jonathan Taylor's done a lot for that football team recently. He's had some amazing games. And so it doesn't matter if it's wet or not. Jonathan Taylor can still run the football. So that seemed to be one of the big things that they had going for them. And Carson, Carson still has not looked like awful in these last few games like he's on he's you could even argue he looked pretty good so with all that said the titans are going to destroy the colts and they're going to lose <laughs> i'm i'm glad we agree on this one i was going to say you could make the exact same assessment about ryan Tannehill and derrick henry like it's not all on ryan Tannehill because he has derrick henry to just oh derrick henry's nasty topple all the defenders team, over ryan and Tannehill's football team oh for sure for sure. There's a there's a company so in there's a company in Nashville that I follow that makes t-shirts that say just give the ball to Derrick Henry. <laughs> Dude, I'll buy one of those. Amazing. I'll buy one of those. Give me the link. Give okay, me the link. I'll send I'll it to you later. Um not even a it's pretty cool. fan. Just a Derrick Henry fan. Yeah. I, I love Derrick Henry. He's I'm like it, he's one of those special players that I just feel blessed to live in the era that he's playing in the NFL. I think he's that good. He's a yeah. he's He's unbelievable. I think if he stays healthy, he will have a shot at being the best running back of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's agree. It's just insane. He's, he's a machine. It gets me excited. Yeah, it's I know. He's, he's and so he didn't durable even, for like, what he does. I don't get it. Right. And like even this past week, he underperformed. Like he did not. It's he insane. didn't have over 100. He had under 100 yards rushing, but he did throw a touchdown pass. So I guess Derrick Henry can just do it that all. That was so cool. That was such a yeah. cool play. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I love Derrick yeah. Henry. He's just quiet, does his job, not a diva. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's sick. He's so cool. Yep, agreed. All right, so we both think that the Titans are going to destroy the Colts. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Next two games are probably not going to be super hard picks. Rams versus Texans. We already talked about how bad the Texans are, so I think this is going to be a pretty easy yep. win for the Rams. Um, although Terod Taylor was just activated off of IR. That doesn't mean that he's going to play, but I guess he's in that 21 day practice. That changes the matchup. Better pick the Texans then. (laughs) I was just going to say it's something to keep an eye on. (laughs) I was 
going to go that extreme. Your eye on how? An eye on how? I don't know. Just he, they were playing pretty good with him at their quarter or at quarterback for them. So it's like not against the Rams. It's not going to make a difference. I'm just yeah. saying, like, right? Exactly. You might start playing again. Yeah. Okay, so nothing this more is, to say there. This is somehow a better matchup for the Rams than last week against the Lions, and we saw what the Rams did to the Lions. It's true. Wait, actually, actually, it's worth noting that that game was actually kind of close at some points. Like the Lions, I think were ahead at one point. But they were. It was kind of interesting because even long. though the Lions were ahead, right? Exactly. It was really interesting dynamic because even though the Lions were ahead and they were playing well at first, you just knew like there's still this is not a football game. Like there's no chance. Mm-hmm. You're just so confident mm-hmm. that the Rams were going to flatten them, and what do you know? They flattened yeah well the lions it's fitting that we're talking about the lions because the next game is eagles versus lions um and yeah and this is one like the lions show like signs of life but they just don't win games i mean they're still the only team that has not won a game yet um and to your point last week like if they they would be smart to just lose this game this week to keep their mm-hmm. number one draft pick. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. sucks for us as Eagles fans who also want a high draft pick. And, you know, we're not having a great season either, but I do think that this is one that the Eagles are probably going to win because the lions are putting themselves in a position to rebuild for the future. You think so? I'm kind of struggling with this one just because Think about it from this perspective. What looked better as a football team last game, the Lions or the Eagles? Oh, the Lions for sure. Yeah, like the Lions look better than the Eagles do. It's just kind of sad. And the Eagles' defense is a special kind of terrible lately. Like, they can't stop anybody. I think I no. saw somewhere where at least at either either at certain points of the game or throughout the whole game, uh, I think it was at certain points of the game where uh, Derek Carr had over 90% completion rating. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we couldn't stop him to save our lives. They did whatever they wanted to us. And the score isn't indicative of how that game went. That was a beat down in every conceivable level. It was embarrassing to watch as an Eagles fan. Kind of an all-time yep. low for this team. Uh, and that's yep. saying something. So i am inclined to give the lions their first win of the season here i think the eagles can't beat anybody at all you really think the so lions are gonna show... they're gonna blow it they're gonna Look, blow i their gave first you that whole i gave pick? you that whole i gave you that whole rundown last week of what i think teams should do but just because i think that doesn't mean that i think that's what teams actually do and how they think like the jacksonville jaguars clearly tried to get a win and successfully did so in london so they got their first win, and they were overjoyed by that. I think the Lions with the same thing. Campbell is his, having his first season as a head coach. I think he really wants a win just to show he can do it. And uh, I just I don't trust the Eagles at all. Maybe that's my coping mechanism. Is just my coping mechanism for many things in life is just to uh, assume that nothing will that uh, that it won't work out, and then if it works out, I'm happy. And if it doesn't work out, then I told you so. So that's what I'm going with here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. I, I also guess. want the Eagles to lose because I'm a lame sports fan who wants that draft pick like you mentioned. I know. I, Man, I always want the win. But 
All right, it's fine. I digress. You are a okay. better sports fan than me. <laughs> well, winning is just nobody ever wants to lose. Like that's no fun. I find it pretty fun to uh, take a look at the disgusting defensive linemen we can pick up if we get a top five pick. Okay. All right. It's fine. We'll just have Speaking to. Speaking of a top five pick, please keep on losing Dolphins. Please keep on losing. It's true. It's true. They will. <laughs> They're facing the Bills this week. Yeah. I have faith, um, I have faith in yeah. their losing. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, the next three games are the ones that were the hardest picks for me because I think that they're probably the the three most even matchups. So um, Panthers-Falcons is the first one. Um, uh, oh, wow. Well. Okay. Yeah. This is a divisional game as well, so that plays into it a little bit. I'll tell you where I landed on this one first. Um. So the Falcons wins so far, they have had three wins. They've all been really narrow. Um, Their biggest win margin was seven points. So a touchdown. The other one was a field goal. And then this past week, it was a two point. I think they had two points in the end because they Mm -hmm. kicked that field goal. So yeah. So they're winning by very narrow margins. So they're not like blowouts. Carolina has like sort of imploded over the past couple of weeks, but their defense is still like they're still ranked. They're tied at number nine with the Cowboys. So like not terrible. Okay. Um, Cause they were yeah. sitting, I think at like number two. Um, so they're not doing super poorly. Um, and um, I don't know, like, I still think that the Panthers have the offensive and the defensive edge, not by much, but just like a little bit over the Falcons. So I ended up going with Panthers on this one. Just, I don't know. Like I could see it going either way, but I feel like the Panthers have like a little bit more to prove right now than the Falcons do because they're just so all over the place. I don't know. I struggled to with this one a lot as well, but I kind of drew almost the opposite conclusion that you did just because even though the Falcons haven't been beating guys by much, they seem to beat bad opponents pretty consistently. They score a lot of points on bad opponents, and yes, not all the bad opponents they played have the Panthers' defense. The Panthers' defense is a definite step up. Like you just mentioned, the Panthers went from number two defense and then in a few weeks drop to number 10 in defense. So I think that's kind of a, a sign of a trend that's happening to them, which is that they're on the downside, even though they're doing decently. If you drop from number two to number 10 in a couple of weeks, I'd say that's a serious indictment on how you've been performing in those past few weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, the Falcons just seem to, they seem better than they were at the beginning of the season when the Eagles destroyed them. They seem to be figuring something out offensively. Kyle Pitts is playing better than he was. He seems to be figuring something out. They have some tools offensively. And um, I don't know. The Panthers, that last game was hard. It's hard for me to, to pick the Panthers to win after uh, that last game. That's that's I will say that. I know. Um, Sam Darnold looked terrible, and he was benched for good reason. I mean, I would bench him too. He looked horrific. And they just don't really have a good situation. I mean, they're in the conversation now to get to Sean Watson because they do have a good team. They have some great pieces, but that main issue is the quarterback. And so they, 
really need a top over quarterback and Deshaun Watson would potentially provide that. So it seems like the two teams that are in the running between for Deshaun Watson are the Miami Dolphins where Deshaun wants to go and the Panthers where Deshaun is willing to go is because he wants to be anywhere that's not Houston. And I really hope he lands with the Panthers because I want the Dolphins to stay trash for obvious reasons. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, un- until Sam Darnold shows some signs of life, I'm not really willing to root for the Panthers in many matchups. And surprisingly, I'm picking the Falcons for the second week in a row here. So we'll see how that pans out. Wow. Well, I will say you're not wrong about the Falcons putting up a lot of points against bad opponents, but the Panthers are not mm-hmm. allowing a ton of points. Like when you look at the yeah. teams that are allowing the least amount of points, they're sitting at number 11 which is like not yeah, bad. They're good. allowing they've uh what is it? Uh average points per game is 20. It's not terrible. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, it could go but, either I mean, the way. The Falcons offense has just been on the upside recently. Like they lost to Washington, but they still put up 30. They they beat the Jets with 27. They beat the Dolphins last week with 30. So, like those are some monster offensive performances from them. Yeah, the three teams with like the worst defenses. Mm-hmm. What, the Washington? Oh yeah, Washington, Washington has the worst defense. Oh no, Washington, you poor, you poor souls. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of sad. I mean, I they also have a twenty-five per- point performance against the Buccaneers. Are you going to say they have a bad defense, Monica? No. But yeah, I'm just saying the three teams that you named the that the yeah, I'm just right. I'm just yeah, you're to right. Prove you points. you are. You're right. No, I, I, I think it's, I think it's fair to pick the, uh, the Panthers here, but I am a little bit of a, um, I, I may have a bad case of recency bias and it may come back to bite me, but Sam Darnold just looked terrible last week and it bothers yeah. me a lot. How bad I, he looked. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I also have to remember that quarterbacks are humans too and have bad days. And while Sam Darnold is <laughs> right. by no means a great quarterback, he could have just been having a bad day. Who knows? Anyway, um, let's move on. (laughs) 49ers versus Bears. Yikes. I... Tell me what you got on this one. Because I think mm, this was the second hardest for me. Because I think the Pats Chargers was the hardest. Uh, Um gonna be honest i didn't really have a pick locked in for this um kind of because yeah i'm struggling with it as well but hmm 49ers bears mm-hmm. i the 49ers look like they can't score a lot of points right now it's just a debo samuel show um mm-hmm. and Nobody else can really catch the football on that team consistently. And their running backs are decent, but they don't seem to be that good. And Jimmy Garoppolo just seems to be the middling middle of the pack at best quarterback that he has been in recent years with all of his injury troubles and stuff. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think his injury issues kind of factor into his effectiveness in the recent years. I think those two issues kind of go hand in hand. Sure. So I think that's a true. I think that kind of goes with some of his struggles and why he's been so, why he's had some big problems. But 
I don't know. You can blame it on the weather if you want. And I think that's a valid excuse for him, but he did have a lot of turnovers. He did look pretty dang bad against the Colts and um, the bears have a good defense and especially against the run. And so they're probably going to have to turn to, to, um, to the passing game for mm-hmm. a good bit of this. Mm-hmm. So unless Debo Samuel can get open consistently and do what he's been doing some of these games, I just don't have faith in them scoring over like 10 points or over 13 points. But on the same note, the Bears can't score points at all either. They scored, <laughs> I think they scored three points last week. I think they scored yeah. three points last week. Yeah. So uh, once again, Justin Fields isn't ready for the NFL. I feel bad for him. Please stop doing this to him every week. But um, uh, they have had, they seem to do decent against middle to bottom of the barrel teams. And I think the 49ers are kind of a bottom of the barrel team at this point, then both record wise and performance wise recently. Um, and the bears seem to do decently offensively against bad teams. Like they had 24 points in the lions and we know the lions aren't good defensively, but, um, but it's still something, I suppose. And they, performed pretty well against the Raiders who crushed the Eagles last week. So um, that defense seems to do a pretty decent job locking down everybody that isn't named Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. So um, (laughs) I think I'll take the bears. I think Justin Fields can actually do a few things here, but I'm not sure about that. Hopefully Nick Bosa doesn't destroy him too badly. Yeah. Well, the Bears' defense is actually number one in sacks, so Jimmy G better buckle wow, up. Nice. Um, oh no, Jimmy, please don't get hurt. We believe in you. I know. Not really. Um, well, I hope he doesn't get hurt. No, you never wish that somebody should get hurt. Um, the Bears can't pass. They have the least amount of passing yards in the entire NFL. They have they something going passing. with their run game, um, but the 49ers... <laughs> The 49ers have an okay defense. They're actually they're better against the pass mm-hmm. than the rush, so that doesn't really help them much. Um, the Niners are really good in the red zone. They tend to get their touch- touchdowns. Not last week, they from, were. <laughs> not last week, no. It was raining. <laughs> they okay. tend to get their... Didn't seem to bother the Colts <laughs> okay. too much. Right. You okay, said had 50% okay, okay. in the red zone. They have fifty percent in the red zone. It's <laughs> true. I did say that. Stop using my words against me. Um, the Forty Niners. It is true. Like I mean, it's it's true. But yeah, it is true. It is true. I'll admit that. Um, so the Forty ers though are allowing the second least amount of yards, and so I think that's going to be really tough for the Bears. Um, and yeah. I don't know. Like I do think this is a very even matchup, but. I'm going to believe in the Niners one more week and I'm going to give them this one oh boy. <laughs> not making excuses for them, but they also were coming off of a bye and Garoppolo hadn't played the week before that. So this is, this is his first NFL game in what, like three weeks and it was in the rain. I'm not wait, saying wait. he's hold on here. Hold on here. You said that there was, <laughs> you used that as a reason why they would win last week. Yeah. Did you not? 
So I, what's up with that? <laughs> no, it's a disadvantage well, to have a bye either, week. A bye week can go either way. It can. It can either you can either be very well rested or you can be a little rusty. And I'm just saying that right. for Jimmy, it was not like he had a bye week and he had a week that he wasn't playing because he was injured. And so it just made him a little rusty, maybe. I think it more has to do with the fact that he kind of sucks than him being well, rusty. But yes, I'll. He's not I'll the greatest the quarterback thought, in the league. Anyway, I'm going Niners. He sucks, Monica. <laughs> he's a turnover machine. He's he's like in the same family as Daniel Jones. They should become friends because they're both the best at one thing, which is turning over the. I football. know, and it's horrible because I just want to believe in both of them, and they're just not performing well at all. I don't want to believe in them. I always the want to believe obnoxious. the best in They made people. a Super Bowl. They made a Super Bowl recently. And the Giants are the Giants. You can't root for the Giants as an Eagles fan. That's just not allowed. I didn't say I was rooting for the Giants. I was just rooting for Daniel Jones. Okay. You said that I could root well, for Zach Ertz yeah. without being a Cardinals fan. Yeah, but he's not a division rival. So? And also, Zach Ertz is one of the most legendary philadelphia athletes in recent history if there's one athlete that understands philadelphia it's like zach Ertz. if it's football so he was special no it's 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 not just a it's not just a root for whoever you want situation it's a root for zach Ertz situation because he is our guy but yeah um i think it's okay to hope that daniel jones doesn't have a miserable career at least just because like he was put in a really tough situation where every giants fan and their mom was screaming at their tvs when they drafted daniel jones instead of dwayne haskins by the way who turned out to be even bigger of a bust than daniel jones so at least give him that uh benefit of the doubt so i don't know it just seems like that draft was tough for quarterbacks in general yeah okay well I feel like I'm not going to win any other arguments, so we can just move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just love I how you up. use the bye week for a bad thing after that. It's so good. <laughs> um, Patriots versus Chargers. Um, I'm oh, going to be honest with you. I went with my gut on this one and ignored the statistics because okay. I just, I just didn't know. I like that. So I went with the Chargers. Let's hear it. Cool. I went with the Chargers as well. Oh, Um, wow. Just because it is kind of more of a, it's, it's not, it's kind of a gut pick, but it's also just more of a, the Chargers have a bunch of really, really good players and the Patriots don't kind of pick for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Where the Chargers have Mike Williams and Austin Eckler and, um keenan allen and justin herber obviously yep. and keenan allen and joey bosa mm-hmm. and the patriots don't have any of those guys like i can't think of many patriots players at all off the top of my head because there's no like big standout stars besides potentially mac jones who is actually like he doesn't look terrible it looks like there's something there potentially but not mm-hmm. enough to beat the i mean the chargers have put up a lot of points in in a lot of games before they laid that giant egg versus the Ravens. But right. I don't know. I just think the Ravens were a nightmare matchup for the chargers with both from the run perspective and from the defense perspective. And I think the Patriots could maybe do a better job containing the, the chargers offense than some teams have done this season. But um, the chargers defense has some ability 
for sure. Mm-hmm. They haven't played up to their potential, but there's some ability there. And the Patriots offense is not very good and not very consistent. They tacked an insane amount of points in the Jets last week. But is anybody like, wow, the Patriots offense is really good from that performance? It's more just no. It's more just that the Jets defense is really bad. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it is more of that comfort pick where it's like, in theory, the Chargers are a better football team than the Patriots. The only reason right. why you'd be inclined to root for the Patriots is some some statistics and because Bill Belichick is their coach. They're better coached. Right. But exactly. other than that, you got to the Chargers are just a better football team. So you want to you want to choose the better football team, right? Yeah, exactly. And even statistically, like there's a lot of there are a lot of lines where like they're just back to back and you're like it's it's like mm-hmm. flip a coin at this point when it comes to the stats because I I don't know. Like it could go either way. But you're right. Like in theory, the Chargers are the better team, and they have the better record, and they're at home. And exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, that's anyway. all true. Okay, hey, hey, give me, um, give me the uh, let me let me know is uh, is is coming off of a bye week a good thing for the Chargers or a bad thing for the Chargers? They didn't come out rusty or rested. <clears throat> um, can I abstain <laughs> from that question? Oh, <laughs> uh, sure. Yes, that's okay. The the question was more of the point than the answer, to be honest. Well, I that's why I abstain. Um, the dolphin, <laughs> the Dolphins versus the Bills, who are also coming off of a bye week, which does not play into my pick, which is the Bills, because the okay. Dolphins are not a good football team. Yep. The Bills are a very good football team. And even though and they're going to win the Super Bowl on fourth and one. <laughs> uh maybe i don't i still don't think it's a bad pick just because they choked versus the titans late but at titan stadium by the way that seems like a pretty hard place to play this season but um uh yeah i don't know the bills are a contender and the dolphins are our bottom five team in the nfl draft pick supplier so yep um I've never been more excited to pick against the Dolphins in my life because it just continues to feed that hype for that draft pick that we get from them. Love and those. Josh Allen's picks. amazing. Still, by the way, he had a bad start, and people were like, "Oh, look, Josh Allen's regressed to what he was before. Last season was just like a Carson Wentz type of season." Surprise! Nope. He's way better than Carson Wentz, and he's actually still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So, he's yep. amazing. Um, they have tons of great offensive tools. Still, statistically, one of the best defenses in the league, despite folding to derrick henry but everybody folds to derrick henry so that's just the norm not the, and everybody not trips the, sometimes uh, too you know those faults um josh you really let me down there but um <laughs> i guess that was the worst time i think i've ever seen for somebody to trip on fourth and one on the game winning drive with 30 seconds left but you know what everybody makes mistakes and will it really affect them in the long run maybe but probably not so they get an probably easy game not. this week that's for sure yeah, that is true. Another easy game is going to be for the Seahawks because they're facing the Jaguars. So Gino might get Without, himself a win. Yeah. Um, and also the Jaguars just lost their number one receiver for the season. DJ Chark is oh, out for the rest of the season with did. an ankle injury. So that's, right. that's kind of that. a big deal for them. They were finally looking like they had some upside offensively, partially because of his impact on that offense. And now they're gone. Now he's gone. So Mm -hmm. 
Maybe James yeah. Robinson can continue to have consistent touchdowns and strong rushing games, but um, yeah, you got to trust the Seahawks. The Jaguars are just such a flawed team in multiple aspects. So mm-hmm. yeah, and the yeah. Seahawks were finally able to get DK Metcalf involved. Like, I mean, obviously, oh, when man. you switch quarterbacks, things are going to change. Yeah. We talked about that with Cooper Cup earlier. Sorry to bring up old wounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, stop! But... Stop bringing up Cooper Cup. I don't want to hear his name a single time <laughs> this podcast for the remainder of the time. Right, I'm done talking about him. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I still think that the Seahawks have some good things going for them. Um, like, it's not all bad, but it's not all good either. But I just, yeah, the Jaguars are just a yikes team. That's all I have to say about that. I'm going to... Seahawks. <laughs> they just seem like they always hang in with their opponent no matter who it is even if you don't expect the Seahawks to do so like yeah we expected yeah. the we expected the Saints to win that game but the Seahawks really hung in there and made it a game they got mm-hmm. to overtime versus the Steelers who we both predicted to win as well so I mean mm-hmm. all those games have been really close and um I mean they don't look inept like they don't look completely terrible in all aspects they look pretty decent especially defensively um, even without Russell Wilson there. So they're kind of hanging in there. I'm pretty impressed with how they've been playing. So you definitely expect them to beat the Jaguars, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Going to um, pick the Seahawks uh, as well. Okay, perfect. So we've got four more games to go. So Washington versus Denver. Um, I mean, offensively, it's a pretty evenly matched game. Um, obviously I said earlier, Denver's defense isn't horrible. Um, but Washington has the worst defense. They're allowing 406 yards per game on average. And 300 of those yards are passing on average. And it's like the thing that the Broncos haven't really been able to get going quite as much as maybe some people expected them to is their run game. So it's like if Washington is allowing an average of 300 passing yards a game, they're going to be fine. I mean, Cortland Sutton is finally getting involved. Noah Fant is great. They're getting Jerry Judy back this week. Um, Tim Patrick looks awesome this season. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater is not playing horribly. Um, obviously he's had some injuries that he's been dealing with, but I just, in my mind, this is a game where I'm like, okay, maybe the Broncos, maybe they threw us off a little bit starting their season undefeated. What did they go like three and oh, um, and, and we were all like, oh, the Broncos went three and oh, what's going on? Um, so maybe that was a little bit. We, we got thrown off a little bit by that, but I think this is a game where it's like, this is going to be just fine for the Broncos. Like they're going to be just fine in this game. And I think they'll come out with the dub. I agree. Um, Washington is just kind of really bad defensively. I didn't realize how, how bad defensively they were, but um, they've obviously been losing a lot of games even when they when they even when Terry McLaurin has a great game like like last mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. um they they just it's not ever enough it seems like they get buried pretty pretty hard pretty early and yeah i mean the broncos aren't the most capable offensive team in the league but um you got to trust 
they have some good tools in the passing game, like you mentioned. And yet, yeah, I'm impressed with Teddy. He's consistently just. I mean, he's not um, he's not blowing our socks off or anything, but he's mm-hmm. he's still clearly a capable starting quarterback in the league, and he's looked pretty good, especially on a team that that um Bron- the Broncos have really struggled with some other quarterbacks in past seasons. So it looks like he's doing better with them than a lot of other guys have been doing for a while now. And yeah, Jerry Judy back from IR is really exciting because Jerry Judy looks like he was having a pretty great season before he got injured. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. You just got to – the Broncos are a top-of-the-middle-of-the-pack type team, even though they started out hot and kind of started to fall off since then. They're still kind of that middle-of-the-pack, towards-the-top type of team, in my opinion. And then I'd say that the Washington football team is kind of the bottom of the middle of the pack. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a shame. It's kind of amazing to me that a defense that performed pretty well last season and has a clear new leader who is a dominant defensive player and Chase Young just seems to be terrible. So maybe hopefully they figure something out there soon. I don't know. I know. It's kind of unbelievable that at the end of last year we were saying like, wow, Washington and Miami, their defenses are just going off. And this year it's like they're horrible both of them Terrible. they're both right at the bottom so mm-hmm. it's just it is kind of amazing yeah. to look at the the regression of both of those teams um yeah okay last divisional game um is going to be the buccaneers versus the saints this is one that i i think initially like before the season started i thought the saints probably could have the edge at least at their home matchup versus the buccaneers but I don't know. I just, from what I've seen from them, I, the Buccaneers are just too good. You know, I don't, I don't really have anything yeah. statistically written down. It just seems like the obvious pick to me. Did you, you really think that the, you really would, would have potentially picked the Saints at the start of the season to beat the Buccaneers? Uh, like before the season started, like when I sort of okay. made my like predictions, I thought, you yeah, know, maybe they'll win one of their divisional matchups with the bucks. Mm, but that was yeah, before we knew know. it's just what we know now what they, yeah, exactly. I mean, the saints looked amazing on opening night versus the Packers. They looked insane, but yeah, I don't know. They just don't, they're not, again, it's a similar situation to the Seahawks where they have really good coaching and their defense is still is, is, it is the best in the league right now, right? The Saints. Uh, yes, it is. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Sean Payton is clearly still a very competent, defensively minded coach, um, and has them set up for success in that lane. But just offensively, I think they're too limited with Michael Thomas out for a while, and without Drew Brees, they really miss him. Um, and. Yeah. Besides Alvin Kamara, they just don't have a lot of tools. So it's just kind of the dump it off to Alvin Kamara show and hope he picks up a bunch of yards after after um, after contact. And he does a pretty good yeah. job at that. But the Buccaneers are disgusting offensively, and Gronk might be coming back this week. So uh, yeah, that could be interesting. That's so huge. I think the Buccaneers will handle the Saints pretty solidly. They just, they just score a lot of points on people, and Tom Brady is insane. He's still putting up so many points and still looks so good despite his old age. So yep. I feel like the Buccaneers' offense is kind of built around explosive playmaking and Tom Brady doing what he does, picking apart defenses. 
and the Saints offense is built off of dumping it off to Kamara and trying to slowly march down the field and make something happen. I don't think they'll be able to keep up with Tom Brady. So yep. I'm picking the Bucks for sure. Yep, 100% agree. Sunday night football this week is Cowboys versus Vikings. Both teams are coming off of a bye, so I can't make any excuses for either of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys are sitting at... Good thing or bad thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Cowboys are sitting at five and one and the Vikings are sitting at three and three. Um, I mean, I have some real thoughts on the Cowboys, like some real yeah, thoughts. Let's hear it. Okay. Um, so a lot of people are saying like, they're the real deal. They're Super Bowl contenders, like all this stuff. Um, when you look at their record this season, they okay. they've only won or or only two of their wins are against teams with winning records. So they lost yeah, the Buccaneers. What when you play in the AFC least. <laughs> um, you mean the <laughs> NFC least? <laughs> um, yeah, I did say AFC, didn't I? But yes, that's you what did, happens when but you play it's in okay. the division you know they play in. Yeah, They're exactly. Teams. So that's part of my point. But they obviously lost to the Buccaneers. They just barely edged out the Chargers, who are a team with a winning record. And then they beat the Panthers, who are a team that just barely has a winning record. And then the other three teams that they have beaten so far have records of 2-5, and 2-5, and five, and 3-4. and four. They're about to face teams that um, are 3-3, three and 3-4, three, three and four. Three and three, three and four, five and two, that's the Raiders, four and two, that's the Saints. Um, oh, actually, I guess they're five and two now. Um, or do they have a bye already? Either way, whatever, they have a winning record. Um, Washington the have that good of a record. Yeah, I know. It surprised me too. They still have to face Washington twice. They're at two and five. They're facing the Cardinals, who are obviously <laughs> undefeated. The Giants two and five, Eagles two and five. Not to mention that a third of their games are played against NFC East teams that have a combined record of six and fifteen. Yeah, I don't know. Like the fact this is my point with the Cowboys. Like, do not call them a good team until they can start beating teams with winning records. At least more than two of them, and the Panthers barely had a winning record. So, like, what does that tell you? I'm just saying. Yeah, the Panthers are on the downside. Like, I they when I look at this schedule, I'm like, is this the easiest schedule in the entire NFL? Like, this is almost a joke. Of course, they're gonna win these games. Of course, they're gonna look really good because they're facing teams that are bad to mediocre for the most part. It is the easiest schedule in the NFL. I think that's. I think that's. Um undisputable at this point um and what's kind of amazing to me about it is that their schedule doesn't get harder later on it's not a situation where they played a bunch of cupcakes early and then the hard part of their schedule comes later on besides the cardinals in the future i'd argue that all of their matchups are extremely winnable um maybe the chiefs are tough but the chiefs haven't looked like the chiefs at all and the saints despite their good record just aren't like a, a they aren't a scary football team 
and neither are the Broncos and neither are the Vikings, neither are the Falcons, neither are any, none of these teams are scary. And would you expect to beat the Cowboys except for the Cardinals? And that's pretty crazy. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. the easiest schedule for sure. Mostly yeah. based off the fact that they reign supreme in the NFC least where they are the only team that has some relevant talent to be had, like right. a decent amount of talent. So right. yeah, it is an interesting but- point to be made for sure. To put them in the top five in power rankings seems stupid to me, just given given these matchups. Anyway, I digress. I do hate the Cowboys because I'm an Eagles fan, but I also just think that this is really illogical. That said, I did pick the Cowboys to win this week because I do think <laughs> they're a better team than the Vikings. Yep. Kind of sad, but it's true. I picked the I Cowboys as well. I know, we have to watch um, the them on Vikings Sunday are Night pretty, Football. They have some... Oh, <laughs> I know. It's sad. Um, the Vikings are fun to watch. They have some great offensive tools with Thielen and Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. And, I mean, um, so they can put up some points for sure. And I'm still kind of waiting for that Dalvin Cook breakout game that he had consistently last season where they really just mm-hmm. kind of leaned on him and he would level teams by himself. Right. But... Uh, the Cowboys, I don't know, their defense is, is still decent statistically despite giving up lots of points, and their offense is they score a lot of points on opponents. So it's kind of these, it seems like it's pretty consistently games where it's kind of a little bit of a shootout, and the Cowboys end up on top because they have a lot of really good offensive playmakers where they have Dalton Schultz, who's an emerging tight end, emerging top-level tight end, and they have cd lamb who's an emerging top level elite receiver they have amari cooper who's already a really top level receiver and they have ezekiel elliott who's despite people seeming to talk about every game how he's regressing has kind of quietly established himself as a top fantasy uh, running back and also just like a top running back in general as well and they have tony pollard who can have some Mm -hmm. speed options and then Dak prescott's been playing amazing so the tools are there. It's still their defense that concerns me the most, but um, yep. you got to pick them to beat the Vikings. The Vikings are just struggling a lot this season. Yep. Agreed. Okay, last one. Giants versus Chiefs. This is... Chiefs. Yeah, obviously. Pat's going to have his comeback. Everything's going to be fine. Pat, for this please week. don't do me dirty like last week. You owe it to <laughs> me. Patrick, because Patrick scored only six points last week, how this should work is he he owes me 14 points because his minimum the past weeks in this season have been 20 points. So he has that 14-point loan that he owes me, so he needs to give me at least 34 points this week to make up for his poor performance last week. So Wow. I have well, faith that he can perform have a good rebound game, but the Giants played way better than I thought they would last last game. It was kind of wild how they managed to win that game so decisively, despite being one of the biggest injury-ravaged teams in the league right now. They have nobody. It's kind of crazy. Yep, I know. And now Daniel Jones is becoming a receiver, Chiefs. so... No, it's <laughs> Daniel's trying to do everything by himself. He's trying to be a running back, he's trying to be a quarterback, and now he's trying to be a receiver. Oh my gosh, is he trying to be Carson Wentz? Yeah. And Yikes. um just like Carson Wentz, he's amazing at turning the ball over and getting hurt. <laughs> and 
not sliding when he's running, so he gets yep. lots of head injuries. Yep. And he's also really good at being mediocre and a letdown to his team and probably also generating some kind of draft pick, but probably not a first rounder in the near future for his team when they trade him away for another quarterback. Yikes. We're not bitter or anything. <laughs> sorry, Daniel. Sorry, Daniel. We are <laughs> sorry, a little Carson. bitter about Carson. I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah, I apologize. More, Well, more to Daniel than Carson. But uh, I just don't. I feel bad for the kid. I really do. I think he's started off in a tough situation. He's remained in a tough situation, but I just really, really don't believe in him. And it seems like whenever your, whenever your turnover ratio is significantly below zero, it's always a massive warning bells, as we know. Like There's no surprise mm-hmm. there. And I yeah. believe the Giants are at minus seven on turnover ratio at this point. So that's pretty terrible. It is. It's really bad. Yeah, the Chiefs and, are due yeah. for a comeback. Chiefs look terrible. For sure. <laughs> Ex- yeah, exactly. The Chiefs look like bad, and they don't look like the Chiefs. But surely they can beat the Giants. Surely. And if they don't, there's a problem. There's already a problem this season, anyway. But I'm not worried about the. Again, going to reiterate, not worried about the Chiefs in the long run. But this season, I don't think they're doing much of anything unless they have yeah. some serious turnaround. Because, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is banged up now. Tyreek Hill has been banged up all season. Kelsey's had some injury issues. It just looks like it's not their season, both um, because of intangibles, like closing out those games like they used to be so good at, and just because everybody's banged up, they're struggling. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all of them. There it is. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Weekly Pickoff. And we will be back next week to talk all about week nine. We'll catch you then. Mm-hmm.